What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Release the Eight podcast. Excited to be back with Linson. For those of you that might be new, just want to remind you, if you're watching this on YouTube, we also have um, audio versions of this podcast on all the platforms that you would listen to those on. And if you're listening to this um, audibly, we also are on YouTube at Release mm-hmm. the Eight, so you can watch us as well, both video and audio. But we're always getting into conversations around apostolic, prophetic, and evangelistic leadership. We're so excited um, to have a fresh uh, episode today and get into some really deep stuff. Um, I'm really excited to talk about this with Linton. But um, before we do that, Linton, um, just give us a little update about you, your family. How's this week been going? Start of November. Yeah. Oh, the man. Deep fall is here. Uh, daylight wow. saving coming. What's going on in your world? No- How did we get to November already? Wow, I know, man. Um, well, yeah, I mean, like some fun stuff going on in family life. Uh, my daughter, uh, she's in a volleyball league. They just they just won the championship, you know, for their volleyball league. And it was super fun to watch her learning how to serve. And we were going crazy. My wife, my brother, brother-in-law, they were just having a blast yelling for her. And it was really cool to see that their team had won the championship. So it was a new, new, new um, experience for my daughter. My son is just kicking butt in soccer. Um, and so last game he had, he got a hat trick. And so we were all really proud of that, you know, three goals and super fast. So, you know, I'm I'm just like, a you know, being a really proud dad, maybe a little bit of an obnoxious dad here, but love watching my kids play sports. And, and, and it's been fun getting to know the other parents and the other uh, fans and stuff like that. So yeah, that's what's going on. I know your kids play a lot of sports too, right? So What's going yeah, on? Yeah, well, we're game? we're full blown in the soccer too. All three of my kids yeah. are, are doing some form of club. And yeah, I just found out today my oldest son, he's he's eleven, just made uh, a, a national team. Well, it's actually a statewide Whoa. team that will be in a national program. So that's a big wow. deal. We we got to process that, that. I haven't told him yet. He's gonna be pumped. I mean, it's a big honor. He tried out, he made it. Um, so <laughs> here we are. Um <laughs> And yeah, it's, it's an exciting week. We got a big tournament this weekend for our kids to finish off the season. Our, our club's hosting it. So we're going to have like six or seven soccer games. It's going to be nuts. Wow. So. Dude, that's awesome. Um, I, I know, and the RTA community knows before your son knows. <laughs> so yeah, don't tell him. Don't tell Just kidding. I'm gonna I'll call break West the news right to him in the next hour and you guys won't be no, able to watch this yet. So, okay. Enough about us um, dealing with kids going into November. Um, tell us a little bit, you know, uh, about your church, what you've been learning. I, I think they would be served this community to hear about some of your conversations over the last week. Tell us where you were and then, uh, mm-hmm. take us into our conversation. Yeah. You know, um, actually something that's pretty cool, um, is I took, a, a, a church planting team, like our, our, our church is hoping to plant another church here in the next six, seven months or so. So I took the kind of launch team to exponential. Uh, here in Houston, we had a, a time to be together and spend time together. Um, you know, in some of our conversations to debrief uh, some of the things that we were learning, one of the things I noticed is we were making a lot of assumptions about the mission field. Like, um, you know, especially our church, we're trying to reach unreached South Asian people. And typically, um, and here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, there's so many pockets of them, and there are no churches really in the city that knows how to reach them. And I understand it's, it, it almost feels totally cross-cultural for the typical church here in Dallas. So we do feel God's burden 
God's um, like invitation to go into those pockets of the city, being South Asian ourselves. But, you know, the Hindu, Muslim, Sikh world is very different from the Indian Christian world. And so I could tell that my team and even myself, we were making assumptions about the mission field, right? So um, some of us have engaged in, in this parts of the city. Some of us have gone in and, they, you know, in and met people, but we don't really know like the spiritual state of that place. And I was saying before we make any plans, before we, you know, start launching strategies, um, we need to go there and we need to share the gospel so that we can really see what the spiritual landscape is. And it was just kind of this moment of us not making plans first, but being evangelists or being apostles kind of first in that geography and then learning and seeing what happens as people interact with the gospel, then make our plans. I, you know what I mean? It almost felt a little backwards. Like usually you go to the whiteboard, come up with your plan, and then you head out. But I was, I was just feeling the spirit leading us to just go and minister and see what happens. And as we share things, it'll be revealed to us what we need to do. Does that make sense? You know? And, yeah. So like, would you guys yeah. hit the streets? Would you hit um, door yeah. to door? Like how, I, what I'm hearing you say is you need to go have some encounters with people yes. to get feedback. So then you can go make appropriate plans. So just quickly tell us like, what, what are a couple of ways you would do that? Yeah, you know, I'm really proud of my team. I mean, they have gone and uh, met lots of South Asian business owners. And one was a uh, business owner of a cafe, uh, like a coffee shop there. And, you know, they took a huge risk. They don't know this this person at all. He's just South Asian. And as they began to talk to him, um, he comes from a, um, a North Indian background. And so typically not Christian. You could tell by his last name. You know, and so they're engaging him and they found out that he's a believer. And it was just this moment of as they are sharing the gospel, as they're sharing their desire to do something in this place that he revealed that, what do you, wait, are you guys Christians? Because I'm a Christian. And there's this moment of brotherhood that all of a sudden just broke out in the coffee shop because we were engaging the geography with the gospel of Jesus Christ, with the vision. And now we could actually, it was revealed to us that, we found a brother that owned a coffee shop and he literally goes, and I have yet to go there. I'm going to go head out there next week to meet him myself. Cause you know, as apostles, we want to get into the geography too. And we want to experience what the spirit of God is doing there, but he's already opened up his coffee shop. He was like, come here and like start the church out of here if you want. Wow. But, but prior to that, we thought there was going to be like nothing open to us. And we were going to make strategies assuming nothing was open, but here we are in the geography, meeting people, shaking people's hands, sharing the vision, sharing the gospel and boom, something opens, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that was like really special. You know, that's, that's one that's example. Um, so yeah, that connects with something I wanted to share um, today with all of you and, and you, Linson. just, you know, this week I had one of my ministry coaches in town for mm-hmm. three days and we've been just talking about the state uh, vision and plan for Louisiana. So there's 38 campuses in Louisiana. And that's something that I carry in my heart, in my mind. I want to see ministry to any and all of these campuses. Not, not that we have to be the only ones there, but that's my geography is the state, the collegiate world of the state. Mm -hmm. 
And we were just kind of reflecting on the last few years. Obviously, um, COVID has been a big part of that reality. We've been here yeah. three years and, and kind of asking, okay, what's next? But as, as we started planning for what's next in, in wanting to get into some strategy for the next couple of years, I just realized in certain areas, I'm feeling very low energy on the mission. Not, not with regards to vision, but with just regards to execution, like, man, I'm just not energized about that. Like I feel Mm. um, deflated. I feel Mm -hmm. stuck. Um, And as we press deeper, what we came to realize, and we were making notes, we were making tons of notes and whiteboards and vision boards is that we have had a ton of start and stops over the last three years. We have some Mm. things that are really going well. But as I looked back, I'm like, there are a lot of disappointments, things that we had great ministry going or people that were following us. And then they went away and you don't know why, or they went away and you do know why, and you're disappointed or man, I really thought that community was going to turn into a full-blown church or campus ministry. Mm -hmm. And then it's gone a year and a half later. I have a lot of those. And I I know those of you are listening, you probably have some of those moments too, where you're just like, Mm -hmm. gosh, I gave a lot of effort there. I gave a lot of my, you know, relational leadership and now I don't have anything. And that's just really discouraging that that sucks a lot of energy from you, especially with re-entering into that place. And so to be more specific, the place Mm -hmm. that has been the biggest sticking point for me has been new Orleans. Um, Mm -hmm. We tried a lot of things over the first couple of years and had a lot of things kick up like ministry, conversion, leaders. And then here I am three years later and I don't have any leadership in New Orleans for one reason or another. I'd have to spend two hour podcast telling you all the reasons (laughs) things went backwards, but they're just really remarkable reasons and in different Mm -hmm. contexts. And so as I was praying um, this week and bringing that disappointment to God, specifically in the new Orleans area. Um, I, I was really carrying that word of like, we are failing there. We are failing there because of the starts and stops we're failing there. And the person praying with me, it wasn't John. It was a, as a prayer minister said, why don't we ask Jesus to rename that? Like, what does he see that's mm-hmm. happening? Okay. And what instantly came to me in prayer that I heard the Lord say to me was seed snatcher. <laughs> And then it just took me into the parable of the soils. And I Mm -hmm. heard the Lord saying, no, you've been sowing and and Satan has been snatching seeds. Or you've been sowing and he's been scorching seeds that are trying to grow, but have no root. Or you've been sowing and things got um, choked out. Choked out. That's what it did to me. And Mm -hmm. I want to kick this back to you because I'm like still processing this. But I think it's so helpful for those of you that are starting ministries or leading evangelistically or in hard places. I've never looked at the parable of the soils this way. What if part of the goal or what if one of the lenses with the parable of the soil is when we, not when we sow, but sowing leads to seeing. And let me explain that. What if the role of the sower is simply just to help us see what soil is there? So the Mm. role of sowing isn't to say, good job, you're a good sower because it's a fourth soil and because it's multiplying. Mm -hmm. And bad job, you're a bad sower because the ministries you're trying to start or the gospel you're sharing is being snatched or burned or choked. What, what if what if the invitation or the lens from, from God or that scripture is you're actually sowing 
to expose or to see what kind of soil is really there. What, what if the the time I had in new Orleans kicking up all that activity and things are going on was just showing us there's tremendous amount of rocky ground. There's tremendous Mm. amount of pathway. There's tremendous amount of shallow soil where things can't root and you didn't fail there. You actually Mm. saw the soil that was there. And maybe I'm sitting here feeling discouraged and like, Let's just avoid that area. That, that's a failure area. What if the spirit is saying, no, that's a rocky area. That's a path yeah, area. Like wow. go back with a different strategy to mm, combat that. Mm. But you would have never known that if you weren't sowing. That's right. Yeah. You would never have known that if you didn't. sow. yeah, there's man that really connects with a little bit of my story. Like we were making plans about a geography without first ministering there because once you minister there again we thought that area and like you the way you saw new orleans is like oh man it's um it's first soil like it's not gonna you know it's not gonna work but then when we went we noticed that actually it's probably third or fourth soil but we were assuming it was first soil until we went there with the gospel until we went there with the seed i mean both that's a really interesting idea it's almost like we don't know we don't actually know what it's what's going on in a place or in a person's heart until the seed is sown it's like the interaction with it that reveals um, the person or the place like the interaction with the gospel but if no seed is sown do we know anything at that point right like do we do we like do we not i mean we don't know anything at that point Right. And I think what's pertinent to our listener here is the deception of success or failure. Right. And so even me, who's been doing this a long time, can start to feel like I'm a failure if things aren't growing a certain way, or I'm a failure if I went down and put effort in an area, shared the gospel, ministered to people, and there's nothing to show. And then I'm sowing seed in another area and there's lots to show. So now I'm a success over here, Mm -hmm. but I'm a failure down there. So even with respect to my state mission, there's areas that are really growing and thriving. And then I have a place like New Orleans that isn't, even though I spent time, I could be saying, well, we're succeeding here. We're failing in New Orleans. But I think when you Mm -hmm. look at it through the lens that we're talking about, the Lord would say, you're succeeding in both places because you sowed the word, you evangelized. One showed to be rocky or hard, and -hmm. you need a different strategy for breakthrough. Keep going. You're not failing. You're revealing. You're you're seeing a hard place. And the other place you're successful because you sowed, it just happens to be multiplicative or it's growing right now. And this is the strategy you need while things are growing and how to care for it, nurture it, multiply it. Both are successful, but if we're not careful, yeah. we will believe the deception that only results equal um, success and lack of results equals failure. Right, man, that is, that is awesome. I really hope anyone listening to us right now is like really receiving that. Like we want to call you into more and more faithful sowing. And the success is that you get up and you go after it. You get to that geography, you go to that person, you, you follow the burden that the Holy Spirit is putting on your heart and you sow. Talk about the gospel, get in spiritual conversations. Yeah. See if you can start ministry, get, get rejected, get, get yeses and then get dumped on or ghosted and 
learn all that that can only happen if you're mixing it up in the actual mission. Yeah, like my uh, this might feel like a weird example. My my kid is reading a my son is reading a book called Spy Camp, and it, it's this really fun little kids book. And there there are these moments where you know how like when a spy goes into a place and there's lasers everywhere, like and you can't like you can't like uh, you can't see the laser and you don't want to trip it. The only way you could see it is you have to like kick up, you have to create like uh, you know agitation. So whether that's dust or whether that's uh, you're, you've got like a smoke bomb or something and it creates an agitation in that place. So now you can see clearly. Mm. And in, in a lot of ways, the Lord sends us out as apostles, as evangelists, as prophets, you know, to like kick up that, that dirt, that dust, agitate the place in some way spiritually so that even co-laborers will benefit from the fact that we went there, you mm. know? And when you come back from the mission, like, I, I, I often wonder, like, what was it like for Paul and Silas to land somewhere and be like, um, man, that, that was not good, you know, <laughs> you know, but now they know, the brothers know, like, Peter knows, you know, the other guys know, like, man, walking into Derby, you know, or Lystra, man, you, you might get beat up, you know, that's just the spiritual climate of what's good, but you don't know that. You don't know that about the geography until an apostle, an evangelist, a prophet crosses into that place sows the seed and then you see the response then you're like oh okay and now like you said you have all these other tools you go to the lord humbly and you say lord i i noticed that this is a, a third soil a second soil place would you reveal to me now what do i do like yeah. how do we see a breakthrough in this really rocky place where they're accepting quickly but have no roots lord show me what to do you know but we don't know that until we first go right the yeah, assumptions I love that. we make about people, the assumptions that we make about people, right? The assumptions that we make about places, the assumptions that we make about them, the other side, without ever sharing the gospel. I mean, how blind are we when we don't first share, you know? Right. Yeah, and I, I think in a future episode, we'll get into strategies in different soils. So like if you are leading with evangelism and you find yourself amongst fourth soil people or mm. places or a third soil or a second, like, okay, that's good learning. Like you're succeeding because you're seeing the soil. Like that's, that's what we'd probably call this episode. Like success is seeing, right. And seeing can't totally. happen without sowing. So then what do we do? Well, I think let's get into that in another episode. Like what are those strategies yeah. that deserves its own time? I mm -hmm. think what I'm curious to hear um, more about, and, you know, obviously we don't practice these things, so you don't even, know I'm going to ask you this, like, <laughs> how do we encourage those that are listening right now to be, um, sowers, to take more risk in sharing their faith, like to, to get out there and stir up the spiritual activity so they can actually see, you know, I was feeling discouraged. I was feeling weighed down. I didn't even know how to, to even interpret. I just was feeling heavy. And until, John got in the middle of my life and this prayer lady got in there. I wouldn't even have had this revealed word that was seed snatching. Like, Hey, you, mm. you're revealing the soil seed snatchers, yeah. by mm. sowing. And, and just hearing that I got a new burst of energy and encouragement and joy. And I'm like, okay, I can stay bold. I can stay being rejected. I can stay with little results. If I know I'm doing what God's called me to do, like that was so reaffirming. 
So for those that are listening to this, that maybe you're like, man, I'm about to quit or mm-hmm. I'm working in a hard area and I just don't know if I'm even making a difference or 2020 and 2021 have been so hard. How do I even keep mm-hmm. going? Let's just get a different job. Like, how can we encourage them right now, Linson? like in this reality of keep sewing so you can see? Well, do you have anything you would say? Yeah, anything I mean, else? you know, we, we, we live in, you know, and, you know, you and I, we're in America. And so we have uh, a way of uh, allowing the marketplace to define a lot of our mission, you know? So mm-hmm. we, um, we love graphs that go up and to the right. And that's how we now begin to, we, we, we overlay that into mission and we say, okay. Um, and, and the, there, there are good things about that. But the bad thing about that is if you are trying to measure something that you cannot control, you know, then what happens is you're, you're prone to uh, ego, right? Because you think somehow your talents and gifting is producing the 30, 60, 100 fold, or you're prone to like, uh, like despair, you know, like there's something wrong with you. Um, But what I think the Lord is trying to do is free us from the outcome because the outcome belongs to the Lord. You know, we, we, you know, whether the mission explodes in growth and activity or it still lays dormant, the fact that you know that is because you sowed. And that is actually the thing to celebrate. Um, and so if we were to use business vocabulary, and I, even after I just um, said that that's not always good, you know, it, it, in the business world, you know, we have lead and lag metrics. You know, a lag metric is that people came to faith and there's a, there's churches and chapters there, but that, that, that happens after the fact. People are attending. We, people are attending. You got, you know, in the church world, I mean, I know you're in the campus ministry, world, but the church world, it, they, they, you know, they'll call it, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, seats and chairs, you know, dollars in the bank account or whatever, you know, some people, you know, noses and nickels or butts and bucks or whatever. So that's how we, 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 uh, we like measure church. But all of that are all of that is lag metrics. It all happens, and actually, because this is a spiritual enterprise, this is the Lord's work. We actually are not in control of that. So what we should probably do as ministers is start moving to a lead metric, which is what is the Lord calling us to do, and are we doing that? And so measuring that, like how many times did we go out into the geography and pray? How often did we go out and share the gospel? What are we learning about the geography? What, um, you know, what are some stories we're learning? What are, what's the background of the people there? And we, we count all of that as activity, as good and faithful sowers. So you can measure it. Now, what the Lord ends up doing with all of that, you know, you know, praise be to God, you know, but I think we do a great in, uh, injustice or a disservice to young apostles when we measure lag metrics, um, to their to the work that they do on campus or in the church or in the neighborhood um and so if you're out there listening to us right now Bo and i have been in various mission fields you know in different parts of the country and now i'm in the church we have all been in places where we've seen great success and very very hard difficult circumstances but that never changed the calling for us to be apostles right what happened around us Again, it belongs to God, you know, and I don't know, I, I feel like I, I hope what I'm expressing to those listening to us and to you, Bo, is freedom. Like, I mean, there's almost a, a joy 
and getting out there and doing what God, like your father asked you to do is so lavishly. My faith is actually in the incorruptible seed, not in the soil. So I'm going to sow the seed and that's going to reveal my mission field to me. Now that great, now that's great new knowledge. And now I'm going to take it back to the Holy Spirit to show me how to engage that place. But sowing is the thing we should be celebrating because sowing helps us see, right? Yeah, um, no. And so that's what I would say. That That's powerful. I mean, really powerful. I love the lead and lag metric idea, which I know is not new, but mm-hmm. man, I mean, I feel like we just even need to stop and, and repent totally. on behalf of the American church on, on ourselves. Like how, how obsessed are we with lag metrics? Mm-hmm. Like we are backwards. Like when you think of repentant, it means turning around, changing your mind. Mm-hmm. How many of our churches, our ministries are obsessed with lag metrics? Mm-hmm. We can't even control them. We're not even called to control them. That brings you into complete bondage. And mm-hmm. so if you, if what you're saying is right, which I believe it's right. And what I'm hearing from the Lord, even bringing me freedom is like, keep sowing because it helps you see, keep putting lead metrics out there. Keep um, evaluating and encouraging and measuring lead metrics, keep discipling your people into lead metrics. I was just writing a few of those down as you're saying, um, like you said, praying, prayer walking, mm-hmm. praying into the mission, um, sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. Are you teaching your people to share the gospel? Where are they sharing the gospel? Are they yes, sharing the gospel? How often are they? And mm-hmm. I don't just mean being the creepy guy that walks up to random people at the store, <laughs> yeah. but just with your friends, with your neighbors, with the people you work out with, like, where's the gospel being shared? Um, repenting of sins. Mm-hmm. We know revivals yeah. come from repentance. So mm-hmm. are people in a posture of continual repentance? Like that's a lead mm-hmm. metric. Mm-hmm. Um, how about lamenting on behalf yeah. of um, racism or lamenting on behalf of sins of a city or sins of our fathers mm-hmm. or w- whatever it may be? That's a lead metric that ushers yes. in revival or transformation. So what's even getting me encouraged and fired up right now is I have got to stop being obsessed with if I'm succeeding or failing, or if my ministry is growing or not, or yeah. if I'm in more places or less, even though those are important things to pay attention to, what I really need to be focused on are those lead metrics, sowing, praying, repenting following. If I'm doing that with boldness and faithfulness and the people that are following me are doing that revival is going to come. Transformation is going to come. Conversion is going to come. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, this is the, the weird thing about the way the kingdom of God moves, you know, um, it, it never really fits our timetable. Like sometimes we put a little effort in and there's a huge gain, you know, and, and, and we're even surprised, like, what just what just happened right now? You know, like, what is God doing? And then there are, the opposite happens. We put in that ton of effort and we don't see anything like uh, happen, you know, and that and our relation, our, our relating our work and God's work together, I think, is problematic. I think what we need to do is say, this is what God called me to do. And I'm yoked to him. And he is actually carrying the heavier part of it. He's asked me to do my part. It's like, um, it's like watching like uh, two like dogs, you know, you got the big dog and you got the little dog and the little dog is just like, you know, running as fast as they can, but they, you know, it looks cute. They're happy that they're there. We're that little dog, you know, like we're doing some effort. We're doing some stuff, you know, but there's, 
there's the big dog, you know, the the strong one that's actually doing, you know, the barking, the 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 fighting, like the moving things forward, you know. And oftentimes their energy doesn't look the same, you know. And and we need to have freedom that, you know, I don't know how else to say it, that the big dog is in control, right? We we may go out to new territories and scamper out there and come back, but we always come home knowing that it's he, it's he that is in control and we are called to be faithful to him you know um like i've been re- i've been reading i've been following this instagram handle you know don't judge me but it's called gzt it's like the generation generation z translation of the bible and uh they call they call god throughout scripture they call him big chief you know and big chief it, yeah he's the big chief you know and you know we're always called to follow the big chief and i just keep thinking like I know that's a really uh, funny way of talking about, but it's so true. It's he is totally in charge of the entire mission. He's big chief. Right. And when we act like we're taking the hit because something's failing, something's wrong with us. It's not. It's always on the big chief. He He's in charge. Or we act like we did something huge when something breaks out on campus or in our church. And we think there's something we're attributing glory to the wrong place. Right. Mm. We are not strong enough and we're not strong enough to even do the heavy lifting but here's another thing bo we're actually not strong enough to carry glory either right glory belongs to god you know when men and women try to carry glory it crumbles us it destroys Mm. us it destroys us uh, it destroys leadership it destroys church leadership pastors we were never meant to carry glory and so this is our way of separating ourselves from that glory. God be God, you know, beyond like belongs to God. And then our frustration, we need to take it to God, not other people. We're like, God, why is this, why is New Orleans so hard to reach? Or for me, why is this one geography of where South Asians live? Why is this so hard to reach? I'm blaming you. I'm lamenting. I'm, I'm asking you, God, you give me the strategy to get there. You know, um, all of it is centered around God. Does that make sense? Sorry, I was ranting there a little bit. No, but. I love it, man. I love it. And I think our listeners loving it, loving hearing you talk too. Like, I just think we're called little Chihuahua, <laughs> right? We're the little dog. <laughs> we're the little dog, man. He's, prancing he's along or, chief, or man. little, little, uh, those little, what are those little tiny dogs that looks like foxes. Anyways, <laughs> um, I'm flanking on the name of them, but we're just the little puffball dog. Yeah. Uh, anyway, side side note, what I'm hearing, and maybe maybe we'll end with this because you know we can get long winded. Yeah. What I'm hearing for the young ape, apostle, mm-hmm. prophet, evangelist, who who really is what we're trying to encourage. We want to encourage anyone, but yeah. we're trying to speak to those 18, 20, 22 year olds that you just feel like you don't fit in the pastor, shepherd, teacher box. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, we always say there's nothing wrong with the pastor, shepherd, teacher, mm-hmm. but if you are mm-hmm. wired as an ape, what I, what I really want to say, it's in my spirit right now is you have to detach yourself from results, man. And that's Oof. so hard. I'm the chief sinner on that, man. I really Me am. Too, man. But when yeah. you can detach yourself from results, then the ape can really do what it's called to do. Because that's think right. about it, the apostle has to break new ground. Well, if yeah. you're going to break new ground, that assumes it's not broken. It's probably hard. Yeah. It hasn't been there. It's not being done right now. You can't get obsessed with results because it's probably going to take a little bit of time or there's probably going right. to be um, warfare and pushback mm-hmm. and weird things mm-hmm. that happen. And so 
be detached from results so you can truly go break through and do it with joy and not mm-hmm. evaluating the success of it the whole time. Or That's if you're right. prophetic, you're going to have to say a hard word right. or reveal some yep. unjust system or unjust thing or some lack of holiness. You might have people that are against you or hate you or pushing back on you mm-hmm. or leave you. If you're attached to results and success, you're not going to be able to do what you're called to do. Amen. And for the evangelist, this, what we've been talking about, the sowing the seed, people might not accept the gospel. They might not be ready in their heart. They might be a first or second soil. And you can't get obsessed with being a failure or a success. You have to realize I'm sowing and then I'm seeing it's yeah. not a fourth soil. So let's keep engaging or let's look for other people. But it doesn't mean you're a failure. It means you're an That's evangelist right. that threw seed on a rocky path. That's all it means. <laughs> That's right. But we are That's under right. a deception that if they yeah. don't convert or it didn't work or that mm. ministry didn't happen, we're failing. And I think Jesus would come in loud and clear right now and say, you are not failing. You're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. And you hit a rocky path. You hit a wall. You hit a stubborn people. And you know what? Keep breaking ground. Keep sharing prophetic words. Keep sharing the gospel. You're doing what you're supposed to do. And you're hitting tough soil. Yeah. Amen. Keep going. Yeah. All, All our fellow apes out there, just keep going. I mean, the Lord is with you. The Lord is going to show you and, you know, and be humble before the Lord. And he, you know, he will, he will direct your path, you know, and I, I, I received that myself, Bo. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for, I receive um, it. you know, we, I, and I confess right now, I am a metrics based guy. You know, I, I got fighting the, my inner engineer all the time. And I love that you said that the joy awaits us when we detach ourselves from the results. Like, like the freedom of just being who God made you to be without trying to measure it all the time is as wonderful. I mean, it's deeply baked in the American psyche that we have to measure it. It has to be judged. You know, is it a 10 out of 10? You know, all the game shows, everything on TV is about being judged, whether you're on top chef or you're America's greatest talent or you're, you know, we're all getting judged, you know, whether it's thumbs up or thumbs down. God is saying, that's not the way he made this. You don't need, you're not getting you're actually not, you know, their, their opinions and, and the fruit and the result and what other people think. That's not what is this is all about. I made you one of these, you know, I made you one of these, uh, you know, an ape, you know, and go out there and do that. And that is the success, you know, and I don't know. I'm receiving that. I'm preaching to myself right now. I, I'm I receiving it. So this is coming right out of my prayer yeah. time, man. Yeah. I Another thing I'll say that's coming to my mind to encourage you listening to this is I think we get obsessed with um, two Fs, um, mm. funding and following. <laughs> and so we, we, we also evaluate that on two, like, is this fundable? Are people going to fund this? Are mm. people going to give to my church? Are they going to give to my nonprofit? Is this, is this worthy of it? Is this exciting mm. enough, sexy enough and following, right? Are people going to follow me? Mm-hmm. Am I doing the kind of things that would attract a following? Blah, 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 blah. What I also want to say to you, to me, to the listeners is, you know, what's fundable, you know, what's followable, a released apostolic leader, a released (laughs) prophetic leader, a released evangelist, that's courageous, that's bold, that's unhinged, that is unhindered. I should say not unhinged, (laughs) unhinged. (laughs) that, that is just like, I'm excited to share my faith. I'm excited to start new ministries. I'm excited to speak God's truth. 
I don't care what the results are. Of course we care. You know what I mean though? But I'm not shackled to the concern of the results. I'm shackled to the faithfulness of the task in this calling. And you know what? People see that and they go, I want to follow that guy. I want to follow that girl. I have Mm -hmm. more courage to share my faith. I have more courage to plant. You know where I want to put my money? I want to put it behind that guy because he's, um, you know, uh, unabandoned to that, to that Mm -hmm. cause and Mm -hmm. authentic and faithful. That is what we have to recenter ourselves with. And I'm just getting grossed out. The more I'm talking at what I'm watching our culture, what I'm watching in my ministries Mm -hmm. and my organization, I'm sure you are too. Mm -hmm. This is going to send me into more prayer time. But if you, you all are hearing this and you can receive it and be encouraged by it, please do. We bless you and reach out to us, leave a comment, email us, uh, write us on the blog, releasetheape.com. We can encourage you. Look, if you're doing something stupid, we'll tell you, you get it. We get you. We, we, we want you to be successful. So if you're missing a lead because you're just banging your head against the wall that you shouldn't call us, we'll tell you, stop being an idiot. Turn around. The harvest is over there. I mean, just go be you and know that we're here in your corner. Um, Linton, any last words? Yeah. you know, for any, uh, women listening to us too, we want you to know that uh, we're grateful for your your um, partnership in ministry. We we bless you to and we release you. And um, in the same way, don't let um, these various kinds of soil shaped by culture, shaped by you know politics, shaped by you know um, even our views on gender. Um, you know, you go out there, you sow the seed, and let let the sowing help you see better. And we pray that the Lord will anoint you uh, to do this great work. So, yeah, that's my last word there, bro. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, um, thank you for listening. Engage with us in the different places. Um, YouTube comments, of course, and on our blog. And we'll be back next week. God bless you. Love you.